0: Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. We're on a mission to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. Our prayer is that this message encourages you today. And remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible. A couple weeks ago, we introduced not only our current sermon series, but a generosity initiative that runs through the end of the year called Prepare the Way. As we near the end of the year, we're also approaching the completion of our lead pastor transition plan. I will be stepping aside from being Journey's lead pastor at the end of this year, and Pastor Dustin Agard will become our new lead pastor. Beginning in January of 2023. Now let me clear something up right at the top of this message. While I am retiring from being a lead pastor, I am not retiring from being a pastor. I don't really think I can. I think that's God's calling on my life. To preach and to pastor as long as I'm able. However, while my calling doesn't change, my assignment can change, and so can yours. God has often reassigned people who served in one role in one season to a new role for a new season. The primary biblical character that we're studying in this series, King David of Israel, is a great example. David started out as a shepherd tending his father's flocks. He then entered the army of King Saul, His predecessor. Somewhere along the way, he wrote numerous psalms and became a skillful musician. And then he became a fugitive, living on the run, hiding from his former boss, King Saul, who literally went out of his mind with jealousy, overthinking David would become the next king of Israel. By the way, if you want to see how not to do succession, read the story of Saul and David. Finally, David becomes king of Israel, and he leads the nation to some of its best days as a global power. He reigned for 40 years, and Paul beautifully summarized his life in this brief but brilliant statement in the New Testament book of Acts. Paul said, David served God's purpose in his own generation, and then he died and was buried with his ancestors. What better words could be said about anyone? than that he or she served God's purpose in their generation and then died. I hope that they can say that about me one day. But before David died, he did something that you rarely see ancient kings do. He set his successor up for success. And you may say, well no, wait a minute. Wasn't his son his successor? Wouldn't he wanna make sure his son succeeded? Well, I would say this, you've not read much history about the way ancient kings and kingdoms worked, have you? Many ancient kings were so consumed with protecting and promoting their own glory, even after they're dead, that they spent everything they have making sure they're not forgotten and their reigns will be remembered forever. Furthermore, some ancient kings were so narcissistic and so ego-driven and so paranoid, they killed their own children because they saw them as a threat to their throne, King Herod the Great who ruled Palestine when Jesus was born, killed one of his wives and three of his sons because he believed they were plotting to overthrow him. And even if they didn't harm their offspring, many aging monarchs never did much to help them. But David, as he nears the end of his time, on Israel's throne. He does something very different and unique. David actually sets his son Solomon up to do the things he only dreamed of doing but was not able to accomplish, namely to build a temple for the glory of God. David actually provided the money and the material Solomon would need to build this magnificent worship and ministry center. We talked about this last week and so much more in that message. And if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to do so. It's called a departing leader's last appeal. In a similar way, God has put on my heart to do everything I can in my final days as Journey's lead pastor to prepare the way for my successor, Pastor Dustin Agard, to start his season as our next lead pastor as strong as possible. And one of the ways we're seeking to do that is to provide what I call a reservoir of financial resources to launch Journeys Ministry into this new and exciting era starting in January 2023. Pastor Dustin, at the end of September, he announced the revision that God had put on his heart, and I am making an appeal for the provision. Last week, we revealed something I've never done before at any church I've served, but I always wanted to. Some generous families and individuals in our church have provided $250,000 to match whatever the rest of the congregation gives during this week and next week. You need to be more excited about that. I think that's exciting. Here's what I call it. I call it a match made for heaven. You've heard of a match made in heaven? Well, this is a match made for heaven because Jesus said, whenever we give to kingdom purposes, we're laying up treasures in heaven. Now, I want to make sure you understand what this means. That means for every dollar you give this week becomes two. Every 10 becomes 20. Every 100 becomes 200, every 1,000 becomes 2,000, up to $250,000. That means we have the potential to see $500,000 given during this two-week period, which would make it one of the largest two weeks of offerings in our church's history. So I urge you to prayerfully and willingly give your best gift to the Lord today through the coming week and next week. It can literally be doubled. And do you know of any place in today's financial world where you can double your money? I can't think of any because there aren't any. But that's just the beginning of the prepare the way initiative. A match made for heaven is like the booster rocket to launch us into a season of unprecedented generosity through the end of the year. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Last week, I told you I'm praying for four things specifically. Number one, I'm praying for at least 100 new households to start consistently giving at Journey. I'm going to come back to that later. Secondly, I'm praying that at least 50 households will begin to resume the practice of giving a tithe of their household income at Journey. Thirdly, I'm praying that more than 10% of Journey's households will make the largest financial gift they have ever given. And lastly... I'm praying that the last quarter of 2022 will be the most generous giving quarter in Journey's history. Now, before we get into some of the practical applications of what that looks like, I want to begin today by talking to you about a very basic question. And the question is this: why should I give to the Lord? I think that's about as basic as you can get. There's a best-selling business author named Simon Sinek, and he says, "Always start with the why." So I want to start with the understanding of why we give our money to God's work. And when you boil it all down, there's really only two motivations for giving. There's what I give from, and there's what I give for. There's what I give from, and there's what I give for. Let's go on. Giving from is about what God is doing in me Giving for is about what God is doing through me. Giving from is the root of my giving. Giving for is the fruit of my giving. So what are some of the things we give from? First of all, we give from an understanding that God is a giver. In fact, I would go so far as to say this. God is the most generous being in the universe. Would you agree with that? The writers of Scripture certainly would. The core narrative of the Bible centers on the generous activity of God. The first and last books of the Bible open and close with a description of the most remarkably generous being that you and I could ever possibly conceive of. For example, we see this in Genesis. Creation reveals the generosity of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why? Why did God do that? For what purpose? He gave it to the man and the woman as a place to live in and enjoy and develop and grow. The psalmist said, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to man. What a great gift this phenomenal planet in this spectacular solar system is. I mean, every day scientists confirm that truth more and more. We can't see it all. We can't touch it all. We can't understand it all. We can't even appreciate it all in our lifetime. But God said, It's yours. Rule over it. Have dominion. Take care of it. And then when we get to the last book in the Bible, Revelation, we see this new creation revels in the generosity of God. Friends, if we think this present world is breathtaking, the new heaven and the new earth that God will one day bring down to us is mind-blowing. Words and phrases are used in the book of Revelation, like streets paved with gold, gates made with jewels, seas made of crystal, mansions that are plentiful, bodies that are indestructible, temples that are replaceable by the presence of a God who's uncontainable, untamable, incomparable, and unchangeable. But hang on. But wait, there's more. If you think the generosity of God is awesome by what is revealed about him in creation, if you think the generosity of God is astounding by what we will revel in in the new heavens and the new earth, they pale in comparison to the generosity demonstrated in and through the life of Jesus. Because the life of Jesus revalues the generosity of God. The word revalue means to revise or reestimate the worth of. In other words, the gift of Jesus declares our true value and worth. Think about this. After Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary took him to the temple to dedicate him to God. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with the law given by Moses. You know what their offering was? It was a pair of doves or two young pigeons. This was the gift. That someone who was poor would give. Those with more resources offered a lamb for the birth of a child. But Joseph and Mary could only afford two birds. So they gave according to their ability to give. Now listen, isn't it ironic that to parents who had no lamb to give, God would give his lamb instead? The offering of this sinless lamb was both a gift to God and a gift for us. And when we give according to our ability, we honor the one who gave all of his ability. Paul wrote these fabulous words. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You want to know how generous God is? Creation tells us something. New creation tells us even more, but Jesus says it all. Jesus is the indescribable gift of God to us, front to back, Beginning to end and everything in between, the scriptures tell us that God is the most generous being in the universe. So we give from our understanding that God is a giver, but there's so much more that we give from. I'm going to go through these very quickly. We give from a place of love that has been lavished on us through the Son God gave us. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. We give from a soul that's been rescued from hell, a mind that's been renewed from futile thinking and a heart that's been restored from death to life. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. We give from a place of grace. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we've gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We give from a joy that money can't buy and that death cannot take away because the joy of the Lord is my strength. We give from a hope that though this present world and its desires pass away, whoever does the will of God lives forever. We give from a desire to share this hope with others and pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the rich of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And we give from a life filled with gratitude as we say, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. All of that and so much more is what we give from. Listen to me. When we give, it speaks not just of our wallet, but of our spirit, Giving is a fundamental mark of our walk in the spirit. And if you're a Christian, you have the spiritual DNA of Jesus. That means giving is in the blood that bought your salvation. So whenever we talk about the grace of giving, always remember it's rooted in the giving of grace. Generosity is the natural and appropriate response of people who have been confronted with the grace of God. So, man, I wish I could preach more on that one. That's what we give from. Now let's talk about some of the things that our giving goes for. I have a statement. You may not agree with it. It's okay. I've been disagreed with a time or two. I want to make this statement right now. And we'll come back to it later on. Here's the statement. Journey Christian Church is the best kingdom investment. You can make. Now, I know what you're thinking. Of course, you would say that. You're biased. You better believe I'm biased. But being biased doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong, it just means you have a rooting interest in your team. I'm not saying Journey is the best kingdom investment ever, I'm not saying Journey is the best kingdom investment anyone can ever make. I'm talking to those of us who love Jesus and call Journey our church family. Now, this is just me talking. This is John Hampton. Not John Hampton, the lead pastor. But John Hampton, a follower of Jesus, who loves the local church. Everything I would hope a local church would do, Journey Christian does and does it as well as any local church I've ever been a part of. Everything I would hope a local church would do, this church does. And does it better than any local church I've ever been a part of. I want to explain. This is going to take me a little bit. You hang with me. You're going to enjoy this. You care about reaching children and students? You have a heart for seeing children and their parents come to know God that loves them? Wants to help them? Listen to this letter. This is written by a lady named Rachel Little. First time I ever laid eyes on our firstborn son was in an abortion clinic. I was 24 years old, been out of college just long enough for my $15,000 worth of student loans to kick in. I moved down to Florida to work full-time and eventually applied to grad school. When I moved here, I only knew one family. I was a son, I was their son's therapist in Georgia And at the mom's encouragement, I applied for a position at a clinic in Orlando. During the second week I was down here, I met the one. We knew quite quickly that we were the one for each other. However, having a baby within a year of meeting was not in our plans. When I found out I was pregnant, I asked him, please don't leave me until we figure out what we're going to do. He started to cry when I said that and asked me, why would you think I would ever leave you? I'm never going to leave you. So we started doing some research into our options and abortion seemed like the best option. When we arrived, we had to walk past protesters to get into the building. When my name was called, John, that's her husband, was not allowed back with me. He had to stay in the waiting room and be ready to pull the car around the back of the building to pick me up after the procedure. To say I was nervous would be an understatement. My heart was racing. My breathing was rapid. The nurse instructed me to climb up on the table and lay down. She lifted up my shirt, turned on the ultrasound, squirted my tummy with gel. And after some prodding, a sound, a heartbeat, a wonderful strong heartbeat i heard i turned my head and i looked at the screen and there was our baby the baby has a heartbeat distinctive arms legs and a head the nurse stated i was too far along for the doctor on the schedule to perform the abortion i'd have to return the following week for the doctor who was trained to do later term abortions that would have put me right at the 15 week six day mark which is the latest an abortion can be performed in florida I was relieved in the moment. I'd done enough internet searching to know what was going to happen, and I just could not wrap my head around the fact that I was here, and yet here I was being told I would have to wait one more week, one more week of morning sickness, one more week of hiding my condition for my employer and the families who I visited each week, and one more week for the little one to grow and develop. So a week went by, and we prepared to go through the same process again, except I couldn't. I couldn't sleep the night before our appointment, and after tossing and turning all night at 5 a.m., I woke John up and told him I can't do it. We need to discuss our other options. Okay, he said. It is with great joy I ran into that clinic the next morning and announced we're keeping the baby. I need to cancel my appointment. That yes to life. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. That yes to life completely changed the trajectory of our family. In 11 months after I had moved down here, we welcomed a perfectly healthy Perfectly formed baby boy. We named him Jordan. For my husband, this was a nod to his favorite basketball player. For me, it was fitting that our son was named after the great body of water the Israelites had to cross in order to be delivered from slavery and into a life. That was promised by God. John and I celebrated 16 years of marriage this past May. We have had two more children, Georgia May and Tucker. We've homeschooled since Jordan began his formal education. We now have a child in high school, middle school, and elementary school. But wait. On Wednesday, August 31st, at the back-to-school bash, Jordan and Georgia May said yes to eternal life with Jesus, yes to having him be Lord over their life, yes to a prayer I've prayed since since I held our newborn son in my arms 16 years ago and wondered at God's perfect creation. My heart is absolutely bursting when I think about the enthusiasm Jordan and Georgia May had when I picked them up on that Wednesday. They were so excited to show their profession of faith through baptism, and here's a picture of them being baptized on september 18th when before they have always been hesitant and uncomfortable when we've discussed it georgia may proclaimed i cannot wait to be baptized And she concludes, I cannot speak to the impact Journey Christian Church has had on our family. It's too much to number. It is generational. It is eternal. And I'm so thankful to be a part of this church. Thank you so much for all that you do and all that will be done. I cannot wait to be part of it with love, Rachel Little. Friends, that's what we're giving for when we give to Journey. We're giving to reach families like the Littles. Do you have a heart for global missions? Sharing the good news of Jesus with those who have not heard of him, who live in hard to reach places around the world. One of our global mission partners is Journey's very own, Chuck and Lori Gibson. Yeah, they're awesome. Chuck and Lori are full-time missionaries with CREW, the largest global mission organization on the planet, headquartered in Lake Nona. They work with the Jesus Film Project Team, which partners with local churches and other Christian mission organizations around the globe to reach the unreached people of our world with the gospel of Jesus. And by God's grace, it is yielding a spiritual harvest of incredible results today, more than two 100 million men, women, and children have indicated decisions to know Christ after viewing the Jesus film. And new churches are being planted daily. I want you to take a look at these pictures. This is a picture that Chuck and Lori sent me just a few days ago. Over 300 people in Guatemala were baptized after a series of Jesus film outreaches and became part of local churches in that area friends that's what we're giving for when we give to journey to reach unreached peoples (laughs) around the planet what about local missions and outreach do you want to see hurting people who live near us be helped this is alan sue hoover Al and Sue lead Jaya Just As You Are Ministries. And for years, they focused on women who were finishing up their prison sentences in the Orlando Work Release Center. Over the years, Al and Sue brought hundreds of women to worship services here at our Journey of Popka campus and taught them and discipled them in the prison. And they baptized over 450 women into Christ over that period of time. Think about that. And then COVID happened. And they could no longer go into the prison. So, what did Al and Sue do? Quit, give up, say, We've done all we can do, it's out of our hands. They let the prison system's rejection become a means of redirection. And they now minister to the men from Holgar Kreia and to the women from the Steps program, both of which are residential substance recovery programs. And since COVID, Al has baptized 63 women into Christ from Steps and 20 men from Holgar Craya, and your giving to Journey has helped make that happen. That's what we're giving for when we give to Journey. How about online ministry? Are you interested in seeing people and seeing how God can use digital ministry to reach physical people in places far away? You gotta check out this video by a lady named Pelsey who lives, as she calls it, in the Boogie Down Bronx of New York City. Take a look at this. This is Pelsey from the Boogie Down Bronx. I've been following Journey for the last two and a half years online, and this is my first time at Journey, and I finally got to meet my Journey family. My name is Chandra and I'm the online admin and Pelsey and I have been talking since March 2020. To finally get to meet her has been overwhelming and just such a blessing. I'm so happy because I never really thought that I would make it because I have a condition that affects my body. There's times I can't get out of bed. And all I was doing was praying to God and say, please God, let me meet my Journey family. And it came true. There's been times where I've been really down and low. And this lady, young lady down here has brought my spirits up. So I thank you, Shanda, from the bottom of my heart. I truly do. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) But wait, there's more. There's more to Pelsey's story. The weekend she was here, she brought her brother, John, who lives in Claremont came with her. John has stage four cancer and was told he would die many months ago. But the rumors of his death have been greatly exaggerated. Not only is John still alive, he started coming to journey and bringing his daughter to middle school ministry. He started studying the Bible with Pastor Randy Green. And recently he said yes to following Jesus and he was baptized into Christ. And there's a picture of him right there. Listen, not only is he still alive physically, now he's alive spiritually and eternally in Jesus, and your giving to Journey made that possible. That's what we give for. How about what God's doing on our Lake County campus? Some of us here in Apopka, do you ever wonder what's happening over there in Lake County? I mean, are we really one church in multiple locations? Let me read you another email. My name is Megan DeWitt. This October 10th will be one year since I started going to church. I went just a few times as a child, two to three times as a young adult. I'm 39 years old now, it took me that long to find Jesus. I wanted to celebrate this one year date because it means so much to me. Not many people that I personally know will really understand why I wanna celebrate and the importance to me. So I thought I'd share here because I know my church family will understand. Growing up, God was not a big part of our family. I knew little and still don't know a lot, but I'm learning and I want to learn. I love this line. I'm breaking the cycle of not having a relationship with God. So October 10th will also be one year since my seven and nine-year-old daughters started going to church for the first time in their lives too. And I'm hoping that one day when I'm in my nineties, I'll see several generations of my family loving God deeper than I do today. Journey Christian Church is a big part in my growth. For about two years before going to church, I prayed for God to open my heart to believe in him and for him to guide me to a church that i meant to be at. He led me to journey. I wanted to share some things that happened this past year since my first day at church. First of all, I got baptized on Easter Sunday. Take a look at this. And so did my seven-year-old. They were baptized. One of the 22 people that were baptized at Lake County. She writes, I fell in love with God like I really love Him. I never understood how someone could love someone they never met. I understand that now. I even remember the day, I even remember the day I realized how much I love Jesus. For almost a whole year I cried going to church alone, not having a family member, a friend with me. About three months ago, I came to the realization I'm not going to church for anyone other than my relationship with God. Not to sit next to anyone. Once I came to that realization, a few weeks later, my sister-in-law and mother-in-law started joining me at church. I pray out loud now in front of people. I could never do that before. I completed a rooted class. There's a picture of her at rooted Saying the seed was planted in my heart. It has bloomed now. I own a Bible now. And so do both of my children. I listen to worship music. I never felt comfortable before listening to it. Now it's all I want to listen to. I want everyone now to feel what I feel about Jesus. I want everyone to know him the way I do. Instead of taking everything on myself, I'm finding I'm giving it to God. I see a difference in my children. I see a difference in me as a mother, a wife, a business owner. I'm a different person. She concludes saying, thank you for giving me a safe space to worship and learn about God that is not judgmental. Thank you for all the programs for the children. Thank you for loving your community. People like Julie and Samantha and Brittany and Christian, all at our Lake County campus, made going to church feel like a family. I believe they were a big part in my journey too. I can't wait to see what this second year of loving God looks like for me. Friends, listen. That's what you're giving for when you give to Journey. You're giving for stories like Megan. I could go on and on. Do you care about pastors being trained and equipped for ministry? Our own residence program here at Journey, along with our support for TCM International in Austria and Johnson Christian University in Kissimmee are making that possible. Do you have a heart to help struggling families with Food and basic supplies, food for life that you have an opportunity into this service to take a bag and fill it up, gives needed supplies to hundreds of at-risk families every month. Do you want to make an impact in local schools and neighborhoods? Next Saturday, we anticipate over 500 people will storm into the streets and neighborhoods in Apopka and Lake County at our serve day. In Apopka, we'll be serving in places like Brookdale Senior Living, Choices Women's Clinic, Clay Springs Elementary, Faith Tabernacle Church, Legacy Charter High School, One Heart Orlando, Orlando Children's Church, Panorama Living, Center... Rolling Hills Elementary, Rekiva Elementary, and Wolf Lakes Middle School, not to mention numerous projects on campus to help bless local agencies. In Lake County, we will be serving at the Henderson House, Eustis Fire Department, Mount Dora Fire Department, Triangle Elementary, and again on the campus with projects to bless other local agencies there. Friends, all that is possible because you give to Journey. That's what we're giving for. So... I'm going to say this again. Journey Christian Church is the best kingdom investment you can make. If you follow Jesus and love the local church, why would you not want to give to that? And this is why I've said for over 12 years now, Journey is the church I always hoped God would let me pastor. And by his grace, he did. And truthfully, I cannot believe how fast these years have gone by. And I am so grateful. And at times, I'm so overwhelmed with joy. We were sitting on the couch just a couple nights ago, and I just started weeping. Melinda said, what are you crying about? (laughs) I said, I'm just overwhelmed. She said, with what? She wanted to know, and I couldn't describe it. I said, "I'm I'm just so grateful, honey. I've never served a church I've loved anymore or have witnessed this kind of local and global impact. So I'm asking you to join me in giving your best gift to prepare the way for the next generation of ministry here at Journey. And I want to say this, and I want you to hear me very lovingly, but I want to say it very sincerely. If Journey isn't a church that you feel like you can give your money to, then you need to find one that you can Because frankly, if you can't trust a church with your money, why would you ever think of trusting them with your eternity? Friends, life is too short. Eternity is too long. Ministry is too important to not be confident in who you're listening to and who you're supporting. But if you follow Jesus and you love journey like I do, then let's talk about the practices of giving. Very quickly, a new and simple way to give is to give by text right here. Text 84321, and then the amount that you want to give. 84321. If you want to do that right now, I won't even be mad at you. I won't even think you're texting someone or you're surfing the internet. It's okay. Another way to give, to give through our website, journeychristian.com give, or through the Journey Christian app. And remember, there are more than one Journey Christian church Make sure it's the Journey Christian Church app that looks like this or else you'll bless another ministry somewhere else, all right? We've recently switched to a new online giving platform called Planning Center. And it is easy to access and even set up for one-time or recurring gifts. And I want to say this to you. If you've been a recurring electronic giver in the past and need help or need help setting up your automated giving with planning center, or if you just need someone to help you get started with e-giving, we have a team of people available at both campuses, Lake County and Here at Apopka, we have our J.D., Jen, and Sandy. J.D. and Jen are here at our Apopka campus, and Sandy is out at our Lake County campus. And they'll be available here at our Apopka campus. They're going to be in a room, the, the, the discovery room right over here. Someone will direct you to it, and we can help you with that. You can always mail in your gift to Journey Christian Church, 1965 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, Florida, 32703. If you brought a gift with you today, you can drop it in one of our giving stations. And one of our giving stations looked like this. I had a lady on the way in today. She said, you need to tell people what these look like. I said, you know what? I'm going to put in my sermon right now. I already had it in there, but I want her to feel good, all right? (laughs) For those of you who are interested in making a legacy gift through your estate, this Tuesday, October 25th, we're hosting a legacy planning seminar at the Apopka campus at 7 p.m., And several have already registered for that, and you can join us as well. I want to go back to what I'm praying for for the next 90 days. Number one, I'm praying for at least 100 new households to start consistently giving at Journey. Now, some of you hear that. There's no context for that number. Let me give you some context for that number. There are 1,425 households that are members or regular attenders of Journey Christian Church. Of those households, 681 have given at least one offering this year that we have a record of. Now if you're real sharp at math, you can see that 52% of the households who call Journey to their church home have yet to give anything this year. Now every now and then, and it may be after this message, I'll get one of those letters. You know, the kind that tells me all you ever do is talk about money every time I come to church. And as I look at these numbers, I think to myself, if all I ever do is talk about money, I must not be very good at it. (laughs) If over half of our members don't give anything and all I ever do is talk about money, I surely stink at this. (laughs) But I am a hopeless possibility thinker. And there is a part of me. That has always believed and will always believe. Look what could happen if we could engage the non-givers to become consistent givers. The ministry impact wouldn't just be incremental. It would be exponential. The opportunity is there, friends, for that to happen. Even if just a third of those 681 households started giving on a consistent basis. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons I don't know about why people don't give. But I do know this. Not everyone has the same ability to give, but everyone has some ability to give. And I don't say this to shame anyone or to guilt you into giving. I just want you to know I believe in you. And more importantly, God believes in you. And as a child of God, you have the spiritual DNA of Jesus, the greatest giver of all time, living inside you. And any giving is better than no giving because any giving is an external statement of internal step in the right direction toward breaking the grip of greed in your life and honoring God with your resources. You can be a giver. I believe in you. You can trust God. In fact, you can even test God with your giving. And that's my second prayer. I'm praying that at least 50 households will begin or resume the practice of giving a tithe of their household income at Journey. The practice of tithing is a long-standing, time-honored, life-tested means of how people of faith express their devotion, obedience, and trust in God. The word tithe means tenth part or one-tenth or ten percent. I don't know why God chose ten percent. I really don't. Maybe because it's a big enough percentage that it gets your attention, and yet it's not so large that it drains you of assets. I love what Pastor Rich Volotis said about tithing. Pastor Rich said, tithing is a formational practice that can help us grow into maturity. Money has a hold on us in devious ways. When we give, we loosen the grip money has on us. Tithing is a way of training our hearts to become like our generous Lord and live in greater freedom from attachments. I want to be clear about something. Please hear this. Tithing is not a requirement. For followers of Jesus but it is a helpful tool for the development of disciples of Jesus maybe you've never done that before you've been scared you've been distracted you've been skeptical here's your chance in fact I would encourage you to take what I call the 90 day tithe challenge here's how it works if you've never tithed before or are resuming The practice of tithing for the first time in a long time. For the next 90 days, we're asking you to bring the full tithe, 10% to journey. And if 90 days from now, you're not convinced God's blessed your life in some way. If you believe this is not sustainable for you, we'll give your money back. No questions asked. So 90 days from now, if you need your money back, or really, if you need anything, you contact Dustin Agard at journeychristian.com. You just reach right out to that. And I'll be on some beach somewhere. Now, let me be clear. I want to be clear about this because I mean this. I'm serious. I'm not not joking. Last part I was joking, but this I'm not joking. You can't tithe somewhere else and then ask for your money back here. You do know that, right? You don't order a Chick-fil-A and pay a Burger King. Okay? It's not how it works. Also, if we have no record of your giving, we can't give it back to you. So if you're giving cash and you take this challenge, you might want to put it in in an envelope with your name on it. Some say, how can you make that promise? First of all, this isn't my promise. It it isn't even our promise as a church body. I believe this is God's promise. And I'm not ashamed or afraid to stand with God when it comes to his promises. I I personally took this challenge over 40 years ago. And I can tell you it changed my life and my financial worldview. The second reason we're doing this is I want you to know the joy of trusting God with your money. You see, we live in this weird culture where our affluence keeps going up and our generosity keeps going down. The more we make, the more we spend, the more we spend, the more we think we need to make. And it's a vicious cycle. As long as money is the chief source of your security, then money will always be the chief source of your anxiety. May we never put our hope and security in a paycheck or a bank balance, but in God, who is our source, strength, and supply. Tithing can train you to give to God first and trust him with the rest. The big idea behind this tithe challenge over this 90-day period is to encourage anybody who's willing to know the joy and freedom of giving. That's why I'm so unapologetic about this topic and why I love to talk about giving. It can change your life. It has changed my life. I want you to hear me. It's not a magic way to solve money problems. Tithing is not a tricky way to get rich. There are no guarantees of outcome around this. But I want to tell you it's true. You cannot outgive God. I want to tell you it's true. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I want to tell you it's true. Given it will be given to you. That's just how the kingdom of God works, friends. Thirdly, I'm praying that more than 10% of Journey households will make the largest financial gift they've ever given. In fact, some already have. Some of the people who've graciously and generously provided the matching funds have given their most generous gift ever to make that happen. Over these next few days, perhaps the Spirit of God will prompt you to join them. And lastly, I'm praying that the last quarter of 2022 will be the most generous giving quarter in Journey's history. Obviously, we won't know until the end of the year, but I know our giving over the next two weeks can give us a huge head start on making that happen. I want to close by telling you this. The earthly ministry of Jesus was the ultimate invitation to people to give. The earthly ministry of Jesus was the ultimate invitation to people to give. I want you to think about it. Jesus didn't own anything. He said he didn't own anything. And yet he spent his life blessing, healing, and ultimately saving the sick, the poor, and the needy. Jesus borrowed a manger in which to be born. Jesus borrowed a boat to preach from. Jesus borrowed a few loaves and fish from a little boy to feed hungry masses. Jesus borrowed a donkey when he entered Jerusalem for the last time, when it came time for his last supper with his closest followers, he borrowed an upper room for them to dine in. After he was crucified, Jesus borrowed a tomb where he could be buried. At every phase of his ministry, Jesus invited others to join him through giving something to him. And as followers of Jesus today, We can't give to meet the needs of the physical body of Jesus, but we can give to meet the needs in the spiritual body of Christ, the local church. So then, my beloved Journey Christian Church family, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, And in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Would you stand with me right now? Let's stand together. Lake County, stand with me. So Lord, in the words of David of old, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this Everything comes from you, and we've given you only what comes from your hand. And so, Father, right now we give from a love that you've lavished on us in Jesus. We give from a soul that's been saved, a mind that's being renewed, and a heart that's been restored. We give from a place of grace. We give from a joy that money can't buy and death cannot take away. We give from a hope that though this present world and its desires pass away, whoever does the will of God lives forever. We give from a desire to share this hope with others, and we give in gratitude as we say thanks be to God for his indescribable gift in the name of that gift jesus christ our savior and lord we pray and all god's people said amen amen if you like this podcast we post a new message every week so make sure to click that follow button and share it with your friends remember journey is a place where everybody's welcome nobody's perfect and through jesus anything is possible